The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. You got it? Oh, God. Jesus! Two different people. He pretends to be a nice guy, but he he's no. He's an asshole. He's an asshole. That's why he is. He pretends to be a nice guy, and oh yes, I'm I'm just looking for the fam, happy, and then but in another place he talk a lot of shit. That's it is what it is. Just be a man and say what you say. Now that video. That, like I said, I want everybody to go watch that video that Jake and BJ is tweeting and know why that video was never made public and why that video was never accepted by the commission or his team and they made me come back and do a whole nother video. My coach is standing right next to the scale with a screwdriver. Like I said, man, y'all can, y'all can read in between the lines or do whatever y'all got to do to put it together, but that's really the reality of what it is. Anybody can see it. Y'all, at this point, y'all bullshitting. We'll get to that eulogy in a second. Welcome, everybody, to episode six of the Say What You Say podcast. I am your host, Marquise Johns of NYFights.com. I am once again joined alongside with Kyle Johnson. Kyle, Jake Paul, Hasim Rothman is off, man. How you doing and how you feeling? Uh, it's August, and at least we've got heavyweights. At but least, yeah. We've got to wait three weeks. Three weeks is going to be a long time. Start that calendar and start circling dates, guys. But until then, uh, first things first, uh, that pre-audio you heard of Hasim Rothman uh, talking about a screwdriver and using your implications. We'll get to that in a minute. But that clip courtesy of uh, Still Loyal to the Soil, a.k.a. Uh, Lazy Lefty on Twitter, OG. Uh, wanted to get with uh, get into that, first of all, uh, Kyle, because... This over the weekend, uh, Jake Donovan from Boxing Scene broke it pretty much before Showtime went on YouTube and announced it as well, that the uh, Hasim Rothman-Jake Paul fight was canceled. It, the, the cancellation comes from essentially Hasim Rothman not being able to make weight uh, for one of these weigh-in, these pre-weight checks uh, or whatnot uh, during the course of this weigh-in. And the, the, the context of all that is kyle is heavyweights don't usually have to do weight checks and that's one reason why this fight failed but i want to get your thoughts on this uh before i lay the facts out to you who do you think should be at fault for all of this i think rockman should be right i mean depending on who you listen to or read on twitter or any of the various boxing websites around uh i think there's mixed camps because i think a lot of people dislike jake paul and what he's doing i am not really one of those people i tend to kind of admire what he's doing and greatly respect it um now i also think a lot of what he's done there's kind of been like a carnival aspect around it um almost like uh you know like remember the old pride fighting championship days where it seemed like every event was kind of like a a, a spectacle if you will yeah it, it's and not in a good way probably so it's kind of sad to see um 
you know, I, I personally think he's good for boxing, but what are you going to do? Uh, I think Rockman in this instance for sure looks terribly unprofessional. Like why take the fight if you know you can't make weight or, you know, even if you're on short notice and you, you're told, hey, uh, come in, you got to be at this weight at a certain time. Well, like you said, heavyweights aren't used to making weight checks, but like, I don't know. I, you got to be professional, you know? Yeah, that's one of those things I don't understand about all of this. And that's why I do kind of think in terms of this fight not happening, it seems really strategic in that aspect because Jake Paul now, for the most part, uh, Kyle, has had three fights canceled on him, two twice with Tommy Fury, once with Haseem Rothman. All three of these are fights that he's requested for. So at some point, you got to draw the sword at that sooner or later. But since he's the A-side for the sake of argument here, and unfortunately... I had the misfortune Sunday night, Kyle, as you know, of being on the Zoom media call with Hasim Rahman and his team trying to run the spin cycle on all of all of this. And Kyle, I want to throw a pop quiz at you. Uh, Hasim Rahman failed this fight, and this fight's not happening because of weight issues. Uh, wild guess here. What do you think the first question would be if you were to be in this media call about Hasim Rahman? Well, Marquise... If I were in boxing media, I would probably ask Kasim Rahman Jr. about his issues with weight or the reports of issues with his weight. Absolutely. And I believe, isn't that what uh, Dan Canobio did? Yeah, Dan Canobio over at... Dan Canobio, are you here? Yes, I am here. Dan, okay. But he was on the same media call that I had the misfortune of being on for about six minutes Sunday night with Kasim Rahman giving his best uh, scripting here. And apparently, Kyle, what had happened was that the team didn't get the script, didn't get the script all the way or someone went off script. And that person who went off script is none other than uh, Hasim Rothman's promoter, Greg Cohen. Uh, Greg Cohen, for those who don't know, uh, fresh out of his probation stint for wire fraud back in 2019. I'm sure that's all cleared away, but neither here nor there. There's no background checks on boxing. I'm not here to, I'm not here to bash the guy's felony record. I'm here to bash this guy because he jumped in on this radio call and proceeded to ambush it with, I don't know, not answering questions. I'm going to go ahead and play this clip courtesy of Fight Hype. And what you weighed on July 7th, when you accepted the fight, what you weighed on July 12th, which was the day of the press conference. I've seen on Twitter today, you mentioned that you were anywhere from 225 to 230. But Jake Paul, right before we sat down to do this, sent me a video to my Twitter uh, of you uh, weighing in that was sent to the commission, that was sent to his team. And you were weighed, I think you weighed in at 216, 217. Uh, so what? Can we get to the bottom of that? So if you're saying you were at 220 or 225 or 230 on July 7th when you accepted the fight, but this video from Jake Paul to the commission says 215, therefore that means that you didn't really move your weight at all. You didn't lose any weight for the 205. Um, he just released it. So what are your, your thoughts on that? And, uh, you know, the, the timeline is really funky right now. I mean, um, Junior, Junior, I'd like to address. That's when you know when he said, I'd like to address this, Kyle, that this interview was going to go downhill and absolutely through the shitter. I'm going to continue. This is Greg Cohen, uh, Hassan Rockman Jr.'s promoter. We were required by the New York State Athletic Commission to send two pre-weigh and weight checks, July 22nd and July 29th. We did that. Those were confidential. 
Um, there was not a stipulation of what we had to weigh. And after the second one on July 29th, the commission came back and said they were not comfortable having the fight be at 200 pounds. And that's when they came up with the 204 pound requirement. And hence, we went to 205 and we were going back and forth. So anything other than the two weigh-ins and the two weight video weight checks that were sent to the commission is, I would call that content and it's irrelevant. So the, so on July 7th, when he accepted the fight, the story out there is that they needed to see that he was at a certain weight or in Rockman, obviously on the, on the video was at, at 216. What was that? Truth? Or was there truth at the fact that he had to weigh a certain time, uh, a certain weight at on July seventh for taking the fight? I mean, I don't I'm, understand. I'm not aware of the July seventh video. I can only comment on July twenty second and July 29th. And so, where, what was his weight on on, on those two dates? I, I I don't know what they what it was. Hey, get the fuck out of here! Get the fuck out of here! Brutal, brutal stuff, Kyle. Man. That conversation, and that was actually when I dropped off the media call, Kyle, as you well know, last Sunday. And it's it's one thing to be on these stupid things where they don't answer any questions. It's another thing, Kyle, as you know, when they have someone jump in and not answer any questions. But worst wingman in the sport, but that's neither here nor there. And that's why that fight's over. And that also goes back to, as well, the video I played, the audio at the beginning of this uh podcast with Hasim Rothman trying to explain uh, why there was a screwdriver in his team's hand uh, playing with the uh, scale, you know, Kyle, by the way, not just any scale, the scale you see at your local doctor's office that they're fumbling with with a Phillips, man. It's pretty embarrassing shit, but oh, thank goodness. That fight's so over. I'm, I'm going to uh, move along from that nonsense and we'll get back to uh, Greg Cohen some other time. I have a feeling that that audio will be played later on during the year for various things, but he wasn't the only one getting served in boxing media this weekend. Uh, Virgil Ortiz uh, had his media call uh, earlier this week. And uh, for those who were unaware, uh, his fight with Michael McKinson was called off earlier at the beginning of this year because of a, a health condition that everyone, for the most part, in boxing media ran with and ran with pretty much incorrectly and wrong. And people were making comparisons to say that he, he's, too, he's too big for the weight. He's being a weight bully. He shouldn't be doing this and that. Well... As you know, Kyle, the Empire Strikes Back, and courtesy of your fine folks over on Twitter at, at Shygon Boxing, follow me, Shygon Boxing. Uh, the media called where poor Rhino here just asked, you know, how was training camp? He gets served with the following. We'll start with the the rhabdomyolosis. You know, obviously that's what caused the uh, initial fight with McKinson uh, to be postponed. Uh, what what have you learned from that whole situation? And, um, you know, have you adjusted anything in training to avoid that sort of situation again? Um, I've learned a lot of things and especially things like interviewers and reporters um, talking about stuff that they don't know, especially on Twitter, including you. And for that reason, I will not be answering your questions today or ever. Of course. Ouch. That's all I can say to that, Kyle. Just ouch. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> oof. Man, <laughs> all, all, all I can say, guys, is it, it, it's it's not safe in these boxing social media streets. And as always, say what you say. Now I'm going to add the, the asterisk, Kyle. Watch 
what you say watch what you say <laughs> for sure yeah my lord these so add ryan o'hare to the endless list of, of uh, boxing media members getting uh, uh served here uh it, it's a very short list this year believe it or not i think it's only uh him uh carlo and, Ch- and coppinger but that, does that really even count i mean but you know whatever but boxing media gonna be doing doing boxing media things just remember guys training camp was great and speaking of great, uh, we got fights this weekend, but let me quickly run by this by you, Kyle, uh, since uh, last Saturday was this debacle of a showbox, uh, Showtime card here. The, the one thing I want to make note that everyone missed out on was Danny Garcia's made his uh, debut at 154 pounds, defeating Jose Benavides pretty easily uh, wide on the cards. But the bigger thing and the bigger issue, I'm sorry, it was a majority decision. There was an idiot judge who had a 114-114. Shocker. Thanks, what were they watching? Yeah, that's what I want to know. What 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 video or what Hagler Hagler Duran fight were they watch? I need to know. But nonetheless, they they were they they were at the lunch like most of the commission. Between that, a very questionable stoppage in the opening fight between Gary Antoine Russell and Rancis Barfelomi. Oh, that was worst. that's up there for like worst of the year. That has, has to be. that has, has to be worst to be. of the year. There's I have never seen anything that brutal in my life where a guy just stopped the fight for no freaking reason after doing the DUI protocol where it's like the guy the guy ran through Kyle, the, the entire Tony LaRusa process here. He he did the alphabet. He, they still waved it off. There you go. It's like, thanks. Thanks for that. But we'll, we'll see what happens with all of that again. I'm sure it'll give uh, uh, Barfellamy a rebound after that. And we'll see what, what what's next for Gary Antoine Russell here. And also on that card, Adam Konoski uh, was edged out by Ali Ali. Aaron Derazin, that's how you say his last name. I learned that Saturday night. Uh, majority decision, pretty easy fight to score, Kyle. Uh, pretty much Kanaki did what he always does. He started off fast and uh, pretty much shot his load by about the fourth round. He was gassed out and spent the last six playing defense, getting hit very, very cleanly, meaning his defense wasn't working. Yeah, and he said after the fight, like, I don't want, I don't want to go out like this. But, I mean, maybe you're going to have to. Maybe he's going to have to, you yeah. know? Yeah, this was one thing about these boxing retirements. Uh, boxing yeah. doesn't tell you when you can. Boxing doesn't give you the option to quit. It well, that's what. Yeah, know. it's like Abner Mara said. Uh, I believe he said he wanted to go out under his own terms. It's like you don't. Sometimes in this sport, you don't get to choose that. Yeah, I mean, a detached redneck kind of sounds like uh, uh, the terms of the agreement here. I don't. I don't. I don't know either, Kyle. But to teach his own here. But we'll get. That was what happened last Saturday on Showtime. If you missed it you miss nothing to be honest with you and uh, the the end game uh, we learned was Danny Garcia has mental health issues I'm glad he's doing better with that and he wants a fight with Keith Thurman at 154 seven years too late I guess uh, I'm, I'm whatever but we'll keep on with that and we'll keep on with PBC airing out these revivals and classics here down the line we'll see if they they have the gumption and the, and, and, and the, the webos to make that fight behind the paper pay well. We'll see what happens with that. I don't. I think that's all just talking smoke, to be honest with you. But we'll see. Just just to get the people talking about other fighters outside of the, you know the usual PBC casted characters, Chris Crawford, you know those guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the good news is, Kyle, it, it's a boxing apocalypse this weekend. Nothing really great to, to see, but it's a plenty of it to watch. And we'll start there, and we'll get to the the, uh, the major cards at, at first. But of course, as you know, Kyle, this podcast, say what you say, brought to you by the fine folks always over at Pro Box TV. Pro Box TV has a card this weekend as well. It's the last chance tournament. 140 pound semifinals will take place on Friday at the beautiful Pro Box Event Center in beautiful Plant City, Florida, and will be streamed, of course, on the mentioned once again ProBoxTV.com. You can sign up there. One ninety nine a month, eighteen dollars a year. Best 
business deal in boxing hands down even if you even if you hate boxing it's, it's 18 bucks 18 bucks for the whole year what can you get for under 20 bucks nowadays i i kyle i made the mistake of getting a pizza at pizza hut for lunch today which was my first mistake but hold that against me later but the pizza was just a very simple uh you know meat lovers right but take a guess on how much that medium pizza cost oh 21.99 probably that was exactly right? 21.46 yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. everyone out. Yeah, no one out pizzas the hut. They say. We'll agree to disagree. Pizzas are out prices. <laughs> yeah, I'll agree to disagree on that. But <laughs> get get your real deal. ProboxTV.com. Then by the way, to continue on with that that last chance tournament, the main event, the matches are scheduled for ten rounds. Will feature my boy Kendo Tremendo, uh, eighteen and five, eight knockouts, taking on uh, Joseph Fernandez, uh, fifteen four three five knockouts, as well, and also co main event. Uh, Antonio to, uh, Moran taking on uh, the man uh, Dutch over uh, out of West Texas. Uh, Moran's 27-5-2, 19 KOs. Uh, Dutch over 16-2 with K 10 KOs. Real interesting fight card this weekend from ProBox. And we'll have other cards as well. Should be fun. As always, ProBoxTV.com. Welcome back. Say what you say podcast. Going to look at the fights going on this weekend. Uh, Want to give you guys a heads up on the gambling tip for those who are looking in the uh, short-term investment market. If you're looking for a real pick 'em fight, the only pick 'em fight legitimately you can earn money on is the Blair Cobbs Maurice Hooker fight, which will take place more than likely as the co-main event. They had, Golden Boy, as of this recording, hasn't sent out their their uh, fight schedule. Uh, shocking, uh, but to me, I'm more than likely as the co-main event that will take place this Saturday live on the Zone out of Fort Worth, Texas, and uh, Virgil Ortiz, Ortiz's hometown of uh, uh, in beautiful uh, Fort Worth, Texas. The one thing with that fight card. Uh, Kyle, is that this main event was rescheduled back in February. What happened was uh, in the in the clip earlier we mentioned where Ortiz was uh, got ruled out sick and his fight was scrapped all as a whole. And McKinson took on a late replacement and brought everyone to tears instead. Uh, he's back in States again. Uh, he's back to take on Virgil Ortiz. Wanted to get your quick thoughts on that fight and how long do you think uh, it will last or if, if uh, McKinson has any chance of hell uh, beating Ortiz uh, Saturday? Well, McKinson is really trying to convince everyone that, you know, he's he's a, a, a world-class guy, but, I mean, he's got two knockouts, and uh, Marquise are both of those stoppages by uh, injury? Yeah, right? both Yeah, both those yeah. stoppages, guys, weren't by his fist. Those were by the ref pretty much yeah. waving the fight over. <laughs> he's 22-0 with two knockouts, I believe, and... Virgil Ortiz is a big time puncher, super dynamic. He will stand in there and bang if he has to, too, which that's what I love about that. Like, I love that about this kid. Like, his fights are nothing uh, but entertainment. That's and so that's, and uh, I mean, listen, we love seeing that in boxing. As a fan, I'm tuning in on a Saturday night and I, I you know, I want excitement. I don't want to fall asleep on my couch. And that in this in this Golden Boy card this Saturday on the Zone, it's pretty action packed in terms of uh, quality entertainment. I I believe that there's going to be a stoppage in that main event. I'm looking to see what the line is on this, Kyle. I'm, I'm I already know the actual generic line is up. I think when I last checked the recording, uh, Ortiz was 18-1 favorite to win, which is pretty pretty substantial. To give yeah, me an idea, that's pretty the, big. The, the, to give you an idea, uh, Kyle, of how big that was, I think uh, Johnny Van Rice was scheduled to be an 18-1 favorite to beat Michael Coffey. Something along those lines to give you an idea of how well, bad like, that I, is. I, I, I could see this fight probably ending 
around the seventh or eighth round, I think, for Virgil Ortiz. That's my thinking, too. It depends on what version. It, it depends on how soon McKinskin can get cornered, because the one thing with him is he's going to be fighting off his back foot. He's going to be off his back foot the entire fight. It's a matter of how how fast can Ortiz cut that corner off or have him hemmed up in the corner Street Fighter 2 style and end this thing. That, that's, all yeah. it's, it's, yep. that's all this is going to come down to. We'll see yep. what happens. Up. Looking forward to that. But I mentioned before the, the crossroads fight here. If, you, if you're a Blair to Flair fan and, and think he can rebound after that, that knockout from, of Alec Roca, Alexis Rocha, actually, uh, last time out in February. This is the fight for you because he is a, a two-to-one underdog against a uh, former champion at lightweight Maurice Hooker, a super lightweight. Let me rephrase that at 140. He wasn't at 135. Maurice Hooker, uh, a former champion. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on this uh, fight, Kyle, as well, because this is a fight I'm actually intrigued with to see what version of Maurice Hooker are we going to get. The one that we saw against uh, Virgil Ortiz was pretty competent holding in there at welterweight for a while until he got called in the uh, in the later stages i, I yep. get your thoughts i i i think this is gonna be a good fight too again i think uh you know F blair for all of his technical shortcomings always comes to fight and i i think this is probably a loser least town fight my guess that would be my guess because yeah. where do you go where does where does the loser go after this Where's the winner go after winner? Winner goes on to probably another something, a step above a, a crossroads fight, if you will. Or do they become fodder for another guy that, that Golden Boy's trying to bring up? That's what I'm thinking too at this point with these fights. It's, it feels like a real crossroads, essentially a cash out kind of deal thing with these guys to see uh, with, with, the, with the whole loser lose town deal, as you mentioned earlier. I do wonder what happens with either one of these guys. Even if they win, actually, because I don't know what they have left for these guys at 147. I mean, I, I, I at this point, I think Maurice Hooker's way above fighting uh, the Brad Solomons of the world, and and Blair Cobbs has already beat that guy. So I don't, I don't know what's really the end game for these guys at the end of this. Uh, and does Cobb get a rematch with Alexis Rocha? I don't, I don't, I don't think that's in the cards for anybody to watch personally. But mm, we'll we'll see what Golden Boy does from here. I mean, Golden Boy's up to doing all sorts of fun stuff as well, but. Real decent car Saturday night on, uh, on the zone. If you have the app, check it out. If you don't have the app, they don't sponsor the show, but find a way to watch it. Uh, the other fight I want to mention as well, Kyle, on ESPN Plus, uh, check your local listings around on the time. I want to say it's going to start about 1.32 p.m. Eastern time. Because uh, this car is coming out of Ireland. Uh, Michael Conlon's back in the ring again, uh, taking on uh, Miguel Mariaga. Mir uh, Michael Conlon, uh, Kyle, as you all last seen, was last seen pretty much being knocked out of the ring literally in pretty much everyone's knockout of the year candidate against Lehigh Wood earlier this year. Wonder what you think about uh Conlon uh, on the rebound here. Uh I I I think he should win. I mean Mariaga's always a guy that he'll he'll come to fight for a little bit, but this is kind of like a uh a get back fight. And That's it's in it's it's in front of his own people and for for Conlin, it's going to be a little confidence booster, in my opinion. You know, I I I think when he got knocked out by Lee Wood, that was uh, that'll that'll shake you up a little bit, especially for a guy that hasn't really lost in a long time. You know, yeah. And and the one thing with Conlin with that knockout, I'm looking I'm looking to see what version we get of him back now from this because he was he was pretty much rocked on that last go round against Lehigh Wood, and it was really really uh scary to watch actually so i'm looking to see how he rebounds uh normally around this time of year they, they, they hold these fights in belfast and usually there's a 
there's a festival of some sorts. I don't know if the pandemic has shut that down on their end, but either way, there's going to be about a bunch of people uh, cheering for Colin because he's the hometown guy here, which should be fun. Uh, also on that card, I was advised uh, nothing really of, of significance that anyone would know outside of the the, uh, the box rec hardcore circle here. But it's a yeah, petty, but... there's a petty Donovan sighting that I want to get everyone to point out. That's always, that's always interesting because uh, he's a ticket seller, and that's why he's on this card. Isn't uh, not on this card, but there's another card in the uk saturday and uh isn't our boy uh campbell hatton fighting in fact you're right i'll, I'll, I'll be remiss if i didn't mention that card in fact campbell hatton is fighting on this card actually saturday as well that's going to be on the zone uh and early in the daytime check your look look on that time as well i think it's main evented by uh standby as i find the actual main event of this card i know it's i know it involves carrie ann conway that's the important thing here well and- listen no the, the important thing is that Campbell Hatton's fighting. You know what? And that's getting shoved right down our fucking throats again. <laughs> I, I stand, Kyle. I, I am dead wrong. I stand corrected. It is. It's the Campbell Hatton show, and we are. We are. Oh, we're definitely getting Campbell Hatton again. Listen, they they would. You know what's funny? I'm surprised that they, they're putting Campbell Hatton on this card, and they just didn't save him with the rest of the folks on that Usyk Joshua's this this uh bonanza uh in yeah. the month. I mean, he's yeah. not above it. He's fought in Saudi Arabia before on one of these Jeddah cards, but whatever, you know. Who cares? Yeah, but I, I just, he's going to get like to like 11 and 0. It's just going to end terribly, I feel like. You know what? He's got to show something totally different, but it is the first 10 fights. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the leeway on that. I will admit, though, Kyle, the last two fights I did see Campbell Haddon, he's picked up his jab a lot. A lot. That's a, what- yes. Yeah. And he's I just. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what it is? I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'll gladly eat shit for it, but uh, just like any prediction I have, I will gladly eat shit for it because I don't really care. But, um, oh, I'm no, sorry. I was wrong about guessing what was going to happen in a fight. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know, right? You know what's funny? <laughs> you know what? Let's close with that, actually, because that, that's pretty much all we got in terms of, of boxing uh, uh, schedules and news and whatnot. I, I, I want to ask you about that, Kyle, because if you really think about it, in the history of boxing predictions, has there ever been like one of those predictions that you that you still regret to this day? Because I've been wrong on many occasions, even this in this past week. Well, like, like the one that I, oh man, uh, Sergio Martinez Miguel Cotto, only because I went to the fight and I was, it was probably the last fight I've ever been to that I like was cheering for a specific person. I, I wanted Martinez to win so bad and because I love Sergio Martinez. And then he basically fought on one leg and got his ass whooped. And it, that entire experience sucked. <laughs> and yeah. I still take shit from my friends that I went to the fight with to this day about how wrong I was for it. And it's uh, fine, uh, but that would probably be the one that I was most, like, like really sure about and got wrong i would say you know what that's not a bad that's not a bad one to hold that told you head high up on kyle uh, to give you an idea of what mine was mine's a little more current it, it's actually manny pacquiao keith Furman because i thought keith Furman was going to win and to my defense had keith Furman not get flash knocked down we're probably looking at a majority draw in that fight and they're probably fighting four times by now so mm-hmm. uh, uh, to my defense but man i was because you know it's the hometown guy you know over for the hometown guy i mean the whole everything lined up for was like hey this was manny pacquiao's last fight i mean we were we were right just wrong about two fights on it but nonetheless it, it happens with that but no that keeper from the fight still kind of is going to haunt me to this day and and now he for my troubles he gets to fight 
possibly Danny Garcia again to relive 2017. Yippee. But anyway. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and on that high note, that was this episode of uh, Say What You Say. Uh, if you host the podcast, tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your mans and them. Uh, you know the routine. Follow the, follow the Twitter page at SWYS Boxing on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Weak Sauce Radio. Follow Kyle on Twitter. He's a fun follow. He's a baseball guy. We all love baseball. Rest in peace to Vin Scully, the best oh, guy in the yeah. business. Absolute goat legend. I wanted to get that in there before we got We'd be remiss uh, to not bring up Vin Scully. He's I would, the greatest to ever do it. I would be a lazy-ass, unprofessional broadcast professional if I didn't mention the greatest broadcast professional in the history of baseball and sports period at this point. So The guy I, could make anything sound like the best story ever. Didn't matter. Vin Scully is the only guy I've ever seen during an actual baseball game have give you he gave stories during pitcher mound visits that's how good this guy was mm-hmm. everybody else is reading reading sponsor ads you know this mound visit brought to you by the lottery and, and everything else so you know it's it's it's, it's levels and fence is the goat there's no way around it rest rest in peace to that guy and with that said uh greg cohen's an idiot and until next time <laughs> say what you say two two pitch on the way Sergio Deal slider hit in the air to left center coming over is Pagan he puts it away and the Giants are the wild card team the city is going wild appropriately enough and they are heading for New York no runs one hit for the Dodgers who managed to leave four men on base because they were the only four they got on base the Giants in the Western Division are 45 and 31. The Dodgers are 43 and 33. So inside the division, they certainly were the better team. That was awfully nice. The umpire just stood up and said goodbye, as I am saying goodbye. Seven runs, 16 hits for the winning Giants. One for one for the Dodgers. The winner, Matt Moore. The loser, Kenta Maeda. I have said enough for a lifetime. And for the last time, I wish you all a very pleasant good afternoon.